Hello, hello, and welcome to the most inconsistent podcast in the world. Where we basically sit there right about messages. I am not sending them. My name the is Judge Prime. Welcome to the ITK show. But yeah, we're gonna have a good show. Um, we're gonna keep it brief this time. We're going to um, talk about uh, Senator Abu Elisha Abu. Um, we're gonna talk about the Ruga settlement. We're gonna talk about this um, the case ongoing Shia Shia debacle. And uh, yeah, that's that's just a quick roundup of things that we're gonna look at on this episode. So. Starting with um, Senator Elisha Abu, um, what what is there to say? In case you've not, in case you've not seen or you've not heard, Elisha Abu is a newly elected and newly is it sworn in member of the Nigerian National Assembly. He's a senator from Adama State in Nigeria, and um, was it? Earlier this month, video surfaced of him assaulting a woman in uh, in a sex toy shop in Abuja, the federal capital of Nigeria. So the video came out. He was violently slapping a young lady. I think she was trying to inter. He had an altercation with another lady at the shop, at the sex toy shop. I think she was like the cashier, like the main girl and then he had he was going at it with her verbally and she was on her on the phone i think and he was trying to get her off the phone and then um i think the 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 lady who is now the victim of the assault was trying to intervene and and i think trying to pacify him if anything and he just unleashes on her and and unleashes a series of of slaps on this woman violently just hitting her and in full view of law enforcement officers of course nigerian police force officers um who had been called there to arrest her um the entire situation is unfortunate i mean speaking on the actual assault it is unfortunate i think it it is it shows the kind of entitlement that the guy has and uh, a lot of people in positions in power in nigeria have this kind of uh you know i can you 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 want to fuck with me i can mess you up type of thing and it's like how vindictive do you need to be to carry that kind of energy but even beyond that like for him to be so violent with this woman um in in a public setting you know I, d- I don't want to go and start going at the guy. I don't know him personally, but like it says a lot about him for him to just go and assault somebody in public. Now, after that happened, um, thankfully it was um, recorded. I think the CCTV of the store was re- recorded the entire incident and it was released by Premium Times. So 
there was massive backlash. Nigerians rallied around and kind of were like, yo, we need to get this fucking senator out of here. And of course, um, someone who occupies one of the highest positions in Nigeria, who is responsible for, you know, legislative, you know, you know, laws, talking about creating new laws, somebody who would be seen as a role model, uh, somebody who is in charge of safeguarding and enriching the community. Of course, it is un- unbecoming that you are out here assaulting um, assaulting citizens of the your people you're supposed to represent. And what's more, you had um, security officials attached with you. And it goes both ways. A, if you have police officers with you, why do you even feel the need to enforce any power yourself? And then B, why on God's green earth, even if you're a police officer attached to a VIP, does it mean that you you lose all sense of reasoning? You're the, the person you're attached to now becomes the law and then everything else is just like our enemy ops. Because I don't understand. And this is not the first time we're seeing like um, police attached to VIPs or police called by rich and influential people just doing whatever and indiscriminately, you know, behaving just like animals almost. Um, it says a lot. It says a lot about the, the kind of security infrastructure, if any, we have. It says a lot about like due process and protocol and procedures and you know respect for certain things and i know some people will listen to this and laugh and be like here here he goes again talking about these kinds of things for nigeria but honestly at what point do we start to demand for these kinds of true ethics and we're going to you know we're and we're going to touch on ethics because um you know the senate kind of came into this so following the public outcry this fucking senator comes on TV. First of all, when people tried to reach out to him, he was like, you know, the the video has been doctored in such a way to engineer a kind of narrative against him. And like, what the fuck are you on about, bro? But he was like, you know, the video was engineered in such a way to portray a narrative and he has uh, you know evidence that will clear his name that was his initial statement you know a few hours later he has a press conference where he's like you know i want to apologize to nigeria he's getting all teary-eyed talking about being a an an evangelist for christ and being unchristly now what was actually interesting was his almost sort of justification because Nigerians had been calling for him to resign, be suspended from the National Assembly and have faced the, bear the full consequences of the law. I think Nigerian senators do enjoy immunity. I think, I, no, actually they don't. No, Nigerian senators don't. I think it's when they're abroad. So, you know, Nigerians have been clamoring for that. So he came out in his press conference and he was like, you know, this incident happened before he became a senator. Huh? What the? Man, if you don't get your punk ass the fuck out of here, like, oh, that because it happened before, therefore, like, it doesn't matter. No, this is your character. This is, this is 
an image that wherever you go in the world in terms of uh, you know kind to trying to broker any sort of you know uh diplomatic or business relations representing Nigeria it is going to reflect any senator that goes out of the country they're going to be like ah these these senators that slap women these senators that jump around and steal the mace and hit each other with the mace like come on and 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 even last episode i didn't really go too deep on this how like nigerian elders have filled us but like there is so much talk and rhetoric about role models and even looking at like younger people there is a very high standard that you need to keep even if you are doing the things that you know you're kind of supposed to do as a young person there is still this kind of like you know keep it refined but our adults our elders who should you know really uphold these principles they try and bury into us they're not doing well how do we have a country where like a lot of our public officials there are such big scandals and murky stains surrounding their names but let me not digress too much so um what was i saying so he kind of said you know like it happened before blah 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 I think then the woman has uh, the victim has taken him to court so he's facing legal action. I really hope something comes out of that our legal system is just a quagmire in and of itself and um you know it could be stalled in court and you don't know if these people have enough money like this is a nigerian senator he can keep that shit in court and hire lawyers and just like keep his life moving so now the senate now decided like you know hey what's 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 good for us to get the ball rolling you know but harry has not sent his ministerial list he's taking his time on that shit you know let's get some cool press so they decide to have this kind of like public it's not really a public inquiry it was a it was a they set up an investigative panel to assess the situation and uh, report back to the senate president so it was constituted by the senate president now what was interesting was um they decided to record this and the, the footage was made available via channels so you see in the footage on channels you know um a representative of the victim i think it's her sister and her lawyer or one of her lawyers show up to the senate senate committee thingy and the senators are like yo where is this woman and they're like she's in the hospital she's suffering from blah 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 so she can't make it and the senators are just going on and on about how like she needs to be there and how it's like their senate protocol which i thought was weird like this shit is clearly on video like i understand the need for protocol but surely if the senate is trying to demonstrate transparency even if they can't outrightly suspend him which they should it's crazy that such a footage exists and this is even up for debate that the woman needs to come and defend herself she was a victim no matter the kind of eth- uh, uh, protocols and uh, bear in mind i am not saying this to slander anybody before niggas come and said you know whatever we are just having this 
in the interest of nat- national discourse as this affects every Nigerian citizen. So like even even if you're trying to say you cannot suspend the guy, temporarily suspend him, issue a statement, temporarily suspend him, or just have a senator present it as a re- resolution on the floor and you do it internally, it's publicized. But this whole thing about, you know, the woman needed to come and then they all knew that eventually they were going to do it off camera because it was in court. They're not stupid. So this whole thing was just an optics like the the Senate as an institution trying to save face, in my opinion, trying to save face as, oh, look at us now. We tried to be transparent. We tried to bring her to book. But you know what it is. It was in another institution, but they still kind of like said they they did their closed door thing. I do not think that this issue should even be in contention. It should not be something that, you know... um, <clears throat> it should not even be something that we think about and be like, oh, they need to investigate it. Get this guy suspended and let him face the law. I think what was interesting and another thing that highlights kind of like power, this guy said he got a text message from the police, like, you come to the police station. I'm like, bro. In Nigeria, police is like, you know what? We're going to text this guy to come to the police station. I have never, like, police that will just arrest you for being on the streets, bro. This one, they are sending him a text message. Like, <sighs> man, sometimes when you when you think about it, it's like, damn. So, um, before we get off the Senate Ethics Committee thing, a lot of people were commenting on like this whole the back and forth between Remy Tinubu and the Abo guy. So let's play a bit of that. Constituted this committee, and you can see the level and integrity of the pe- people under here. You don't come in here and dictate to us the procedures we are supposed to 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 do adopt. adopt. And that is, you don't dictate to us because you undermine us. But even trying to do that, you haven't even listened to us. Even if we are going beyond what you expect, you can stop us. But you don't come to on the other side and start dictating to us. Do you want us to protect you, or do you want us to defend you, or you want to be on your own? Because do you realize that the Senate, I hope that Mike can let me finish. Do you realize that the Senate, when we constitute this, whatever the law gives, we can also suspend you. Do you realize that? No, no, sir. No, sir. I was not come on camera. Threatening me with, with suspension. We are not threatening you. I, I said like we are you. not threatening you. I will you. not sit you threatening your suspension. With all due respect, sir. With all due respect to you, I okay. will sit here. You are my colleague. You are a center like me. You cannot threaten me with suspension. Excuse me. Excuse me. I take exception, ma'am. Excuse me. Excuse me. Off that man. Okay, so a lot of people. This was the main, the main interaction that people really seem to have an issue with um for obvious reasons first of all i think the most glaring thing was where remy Tunibu, um said do you want us to protect you um again like i said i feel like this whole thing was set up in a way that it w- was to kind of ensure that the national assembly as an institution is not seen as not having done anything, but at the same time is able to keep everything secret. 
Um, I, and it does not seem that as an institution, it is ready to actually suspend him. Because even when Remy Tinubu mentioned suspension, even the, I, who I believe to be the chair of the ad hoc committee kind of was like, oh, and then she was like, no, no, like I need to tell him. And the fact that this, this is the most frustrating part of it. This guy is so fucking entitled, man. Even when he's talking, he's like, yo, I will not sit here and you... Like, you shut the fuck up, man. You are a criminal. And and I don't care if you say this is slander. This guy is a criminal and he's sitting here fully entitled talking about like I'm a senator and I will not have you... I, I do declare I will not have you uh, threaten me with suspension. Like, he can't even articulate himself properly. At some points during this entire interaction, you could see him almost mutter under his voice. Obviously, the mic was off, so you, you, you didn't know what he was saying. But this guy is just so entitled. They're empowering him. <clears throat> In taking a stance like this, you're empowering him. You're validating the guy. You know, it's, it's, it's just unfortunate. And, and and my only hope is that um, he is suspended from the Senate and something substantive, concrete is done at IM, meaning that he faces some time for the actions he's committed because that was just violent. Eh? It was a ghastly, ghastly thing. No public official should behave in that way. No individual, nobody should behave that way to anybody nobody um so moving on going back to this ruga thing i'm kind of disappointed in the way i covered the the ruga thing myself i'm disappointed in how everybody has covered it and um everybody as always always has a part to blame in these issues so again bringing you up to speed with the ruga settlement thing there was an initiative or a plan to set up these cluster settlements or these zones, let's call them zones, ranching zones, but they didn't call them ranching zones, but basically uh, um, a, a, a cattle industry catered area in states. It was optional. It, it was like tabled as being optional to the states. Um, and it was pitched by the federal government as a means of, you know, kind of settling the herdsmen issue. Um, there was a vehement and virulent opposition um, from, from what certain people would think would be a section of the country. I just think it's like, um, so there was heavy opposition. People were calling on their governors to reject the idea. So several governors came out to reject the idea and then the gov the federal government backtracked and withdrew. Why are there several problems with this? There is a problem of the overall convolution and dilution distillation of the issue of this herdsmen, clansmen, indigenous versus um indigenous and settler dynamic that exists in various communities in Nigeria that's always misreported, particularly by Lagos media. Lagos media is notorious for 
And Lagos media is notorious for taking news, sensationalizing it without context. So all you have is like, it's just like the shell of the issue. Now, what do I mean? When this herdsman thing kind of became prevalent, it's not a new issue. It became prevalent and you know i don't want to go back to like back in the good luck jonathan days where you'd say certain things are happening because a certain person is in power but certain things do get highlighted when certain people are in power for various reasons so when this thing was first being covered it was observed that there was a tag of like fulani herdsmen and it still exists till this point in fact most people just most media covers it as the full and each herdsman thing and i saw that as a problem because you are ascribing a crime or a phenomena which a we are not truly clear on and b we are now convoluting it and ascribing an identity to it so wherever you see a fulani person your automatic assumption is that this person is a killer herdsman which is far from the truth now what is the truth it's very murky because like with every security situation in the country the government fails to provide in fact with every general situation in the country the government fails to provide um clarity they would say in the interest of national security i think it's down to simple incompetence as well um when you hear some of the stories about what's, what was happening and what still kind of happens at the front lines with Boko Haram, you know, you can only boil it down to incompetence. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. Um, what was I saying? I've lost my train of thought. Um, ruga, 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 ruga. It sounds like an incantation. But basically, like, you have certain things that are covered different that are exposed in different ways so the ascribing of like the killer herdsman thing as a fulani identity i always felt that was wrong what is actually going on well for starters we know that fulani people or these people are nomads so they transverse um not just across nigeria but across the entire west african continent we know that there is we know that these people have been armed for a while and we know that these issues have existed particularly in states like benue there's an old report i think done by the un was it by the i think it was consulted by the un which clearly outlines the settler nomad issue in benue state as being an issue of like one of the factors causing it was an issue of land an issue of land dispute whereby these fulani people would rent land and because they don't understand the language or whatever they would essentially be finessed or essentially be duped i meaning that like they would pay for the land and when they wanted to use the land they would meet other occupants in in the land and when they'd go to complain it's like ah you know you know the ring about if you know you're familiar with you have these kind of bad experiences in nigeria where sometimes people just finesse you for whatever reason um you know that that, that this is documented in a report 
and we also know that there are climatic factors around the you know limiting grazing land and all of that so fast forward to now where we're covering this issue and we're just presenting it a as being one-sided b as being some sort of there's being some sort of ideological underpinning in in phrasing it as the fulani herdsmen are a terrorist group not exactly that a group of bandits come and commit crimes and then you ascribe a loose identity to them does not mean that they are now an organized you know threat they might be that's not what i'm saying but early on in terms of like the way people covered it they certainly seem to have that angle out for it that angle of trying to really portray it as some sort of this kind of like it was very subtle of this kind of like fulani group that's coming to take over shit like if you want to call a spade a spade fulanis are still a small minority like they cannot take over shit at the end of the day but that's neither here nor there now back to the government and how they are always making blunders like this in terms of controlling the narrative in terms of um addressing the issue i think the fact that president harry has a certain ethnic extraction is always going to be like he can always do more people have complained that for example he said you know fulani people are not violent they just carry sticks anybody would say that like if if and i'm if some crazy like it's just like the way and i hate to draw this comparison but if there is a terror attack muslims come out and say you know muslims don't behave this way if an american goes and shoots up some place in like spain or germany they'd come out and be like you know this is not american values and american values talk about bringing the family together you know how americans are but like why does it why is it weird that someone from an ethnic extraction is trying to kind of just be the ambassador for the people because obviously that is what you expect him to do in terms of also like people tra- thinking or saying that he's trying to do favoritism in this ruga thing i can see it but at the same time not really it honestly seems the whole thing seems like he has been reacting which is always a problem you have with buhari every action seems like oh you people are upset i don't care i don't care and then people make enough noise and then it's like oh i have to do something and then he does something and it's half asked and then the people still complain and then he scraps it it's the same thing with the economy it's the same thing with like boko haram in every like bring back our girls all of these things in every case in this apc dispensation it has been a case of complaining about something the administration not caring eventually giving some sort of half ass solution and then backtracking i do believe that they since they feel like these clashes come because there's an interaction between indigents and nomads the solution is to isolate the nomads i don't think it's favoritism because at the end of the day everybody kind of benefits and everybody is involved in this industry whether people like to admit it or not but people won't because things are very sensitive at the moment which again you have to blame buhari's leadership for 
So with this Ruga thing, I think ultimately the better solution needs to be um, a, 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 a united West African examination into the underlining problems because this is a problem that stretches beyond our borders. B, finding a way within the West Africa framework and the soon-to-be-established, you know, AU, um, free borders, free economic trade. We need to find a way to, to secure our borders. We need to build a wall, basically. No, we are, we're not building a wall. And I've always kind of not wanted to share this opinion because, like, you know, we're all Africans at the end of the day. But I do think there is some truth to the fact that there are people who are not Nigerians. And I do think it's also a fact of there's misreporting. There are people who are taking advantage of the situation. And then there is the very real herdsmen, you know, issue. And it is it is symptomatic of just like the decay. And I don't know if you can call it decay because it seems like Nigeria has always had these issues since independence. So... I guess this is just us continuing to reap what was sown. Um, moving on to the Shiite um, Al-Zakzaki thingy. I don't want thingy, not thingy, but like issue. You know, Al-Zakzaki being the leader of the Shiite movement in Nigeria. And he's been detained for what, two years now? by the DSS and you know um, the Shia members this week stormed the National Assembly complex and I think one of them was killed Um, they had also attacked police officers as well so with the Shia thing I think again is another instance of the government thinking is proactive and trying to stamp something out before it becomes a big flare and it is already flaring up. In my opinion, the best way to kind of solve this shared thing is honestly, you have to let the guy go. You cannot, you can't just detain. So this this whole thing is just sketchy. I don't even want to talk about it because nobody is talking about it. It's it's shrouded in so much mystery and so much paranoia. Seems like the Nigerian government is scared of another Boko Haram repeat, which you cannot blame it for. And, you know, obviously the the subtle or not so subtle geopolitical Islamic dynamic of, uh, you know, Sunni and Saudi Arabia and Shiite from Iran. And, you know, how the Shias kind of bear allegiance to the Ayatollah of Iran. There is definitely a concern there. But all of these things just justify the kind of um, militancy and the kind of, uh, what's that word, fanaticism that you're already trying to avoid. Because by keeping this guy, you're, you're agitating his followers more. I really don't know what what can be done because they really don't want... You can't... There's freedom of association and freedom of movement. So you're essentially going against the constitution. But the government definitely feels like this guy is some sort of big threat. So we just have to keep watching that. 
Um, we're still awaiting a ministerial list six weeks since inauguration. No ministerial list from President Buhari. Just ending this on a lighter note, sure. Um, gonna be wishing our our three-time Afcon champions, and soon, hopefully, come this time next week, four-time Afcon champions, the Super Eagles of Nigeria. Um, I've been follow- We've been following their. We've been following their run. The run has been steady. It's it's not been remarkably iconic but it's definitely been entertaining you know um besides the madagascar mass madagascar match there hasn't been any heartbreak through this tournament i know that the cameroon match was definitely the most on edge but like we've we've done all right we've won our games and we show we sh- we're showing spirit you know the team is gelling a bit more i'm so proud that the boy it will be scored a goal he's been having good assists you know even if he's still getting there but you know it's just it's just difficult you know being an athlete or just being a performer in general people's expectations are so high everybody was going in on it will be after the first match but um yeah, I'm hoping that against Algeria, we'll be playing Algeria, is it on Sunday? You know, you would have probably seen the match that would be in the past now. But we'll be playing Algeria and like I just hope we can really attack with vigor. You know, whenever we move with vigor and we move with confidence, you know, we do well. I think that our defense still sh- seems to be a, sh- a bit shaky when we play these bigger teams, these bigger names. Um, so we need to keep it composed because those Algerians are fire. So, um, of course, Senegal playing Tunisia, I'll definitely be be rooting for my Teranga boys. You know, they've been playing phenomenally well as well. So it's been it's been an, a decent Afcon. You know, it seems like Afcon isn't as big. Maybe I don't know. I was just yanning with one of my G's earlier this week. Like, yo, I remember when I was younger, like Afcon used to stop everything. But now it's just like there's few people that really care. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like once we beat Algeria and like maybe from here on, like I'm hoping we can lift the cup. But like maybe people will be more interested now. But yeah, um I'm gonna I think I'm gonna cut the episode here you know i think i've done a decent job this week i hope you can't hear me it's fine um ow that kind of hurt but yeah this has been another episode of the itk show a bit more laid back you know can't take it too too stressful we're gonna be here but we were not here to just talk for an opportunity we really care about the shit we're talking about so sometimes it's not to take this nigeria too deep just you just got it um but yeah this has been the itk thank you for listening to the itk show remember change begins with you you know i'll start show me love show me love hearts but been broken from the jump please so another hurt myself um, never hurt give, myself um, never hurt lose my faith in yourself show me and love show me love hearts been broken from the jump please another hurt myself hurt myself